Hello and welcome to the Contentment Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Eve Giovanna, and together we're going to navigate this overwhelming modern world by discussing topics such as spirituality, mental health, enjoying your own company, and much more. All in the hopes that you can find some contentment and inner peace with your authentic self. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. I hope you're all doing well. So right now it is November and I have a few weeks off. I don't know if I said in the last episode. I'm starting my new job in a few weeks. So yeah, I've got a few weeks off and I'm basically having the time of my life. I love not working and I'm definitely not the sort of person who feels guilt when they're not working. I just I just absolutely love it to be honest. And um I've decided to record a few episodes so I'm a little bit ahead so when I actually start my new job then I can sort of focus on you know just my new job for the first few weeks and the training and everything like that and I don't have to worry so much about doing the podcast episodes and also I'm really enjoying doing the podcast episodes I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I really understand the technical side and I've gotten into a bit of a rhythm of how I do it and the ideas are just falling out of my head to be honest. Okay, so this week's episode is going to be about the changing of the seasons and how to cope better with winter and changing your narrative around it slightly because definitely in the past, up until last winter, I didn't really like winter. I just saw it as a time of, it was dark and it was depressing and I was just basically counting down the days till it was spring and summer again. And then I just had this realisation that I was like, I can't believe I'm spending basically half the year wishing my life away. And now I've decided that I want to, or sorry, last year I decided that I wanted to change the narrative around it a little bit and see if I can lean into the winter months more and try and see it as a time of rest and retreat and see what I can enjoy about the winter. Also something else that I realised is, because I live in the UK, the weather is pretty terrible. Um, a lot of the time, you know, it, it rains <laughs> so much. And it's, especially in Yorkshire, it's rainy and it's cloudy quite a lot. And I basically despised any weather that wasn't the sun. But the sun basically never came out. So it was just like I was living so much of my life just wishing for the sun and feeling unhappy when it wasn't there and that was so much of the year. Now what I will say is I definitely don't have a perfect relationship with the changing seasons or winter but I'm definitely starting to see so much more of the benefits and change the way that I think about that time and how I should spend that time. Now this past year or so I have been reconnecting to nature and starting to remind myself that as humans we are part of nature and what I mean by this is we have like rhythms and seasons like nature does so for example trees and animals go into hibernation in the winter and we sometimes forget that it is completely normal and sometimes necessary to hibernate and not work our full capacity throughout the year however unfortunately I think because of the modern world and like capitalism and essentially that hustle culture toxic productivity we're being led to believe that it's normal to work at full capacity all throughout winter 
but that is far from the truth and unfortunately the byproduct of this is people feel bad about themselves when their body is naturally wanting to do less over winter, sort of hibernate, rest, relax, recharge themselves. So I'll give you an example. Prior to this winter, I would have this expectation of myself that I should exercise as much as I do in the summer. And then when I wasn't like going to the gym or going to yoga every day after work or working out over the weekend, I would be really annoyed with myself. Whereas now I recognise that I don't need to do as much exercise because I don't have as much energy and I lessen that expectation of myself and I'm more gentle with myself. Also, I would be annoyed with myself for wanting to eat more in the winter and actually it is completely normal, natural and necessary for us to sleep and eat more in the winter because the colder temperatures boost our metabolism and this increases our need for both food and more sleep. And once I was able to recognise this and understand about how humans work you know in like cycles and seasons like you know trees do and animals do I was able to lessen the guilt that I felt over winter when I wanted to rest a bit more and I wanted to relax a little bit more and I wanted to eat more and sleep more because I was beginning to understand that as humans our wants and our needs are different throughout the year and that is completely fine. Now I know in the last episode I mentioned I just finished reading Wintering by Catherine May and the message in the last episode was kind of um, the power of rest and retreat in difficult times however another message that is weaved throughout this book is basically what I'm going to be talking about today you know how winter is a time for rest and relaxation and having lesser expectations of ourselves Now I feel like this book has a few different interpretations and I'm going to read you a quote that to me has a couple of different interpretations but I'm going to be leaning more towards what is of value in this episode. So Catherine May says, I knew I had to find a most comfortable way to live through them till the spring. And what she means by this is, it's the idea of leaning into the winter months and knowing that it won't last forever and it is best to try and find the most comfortable way possible to get you through those difficult months. And I couldn't agree more, so what I did was I've written a list of practical tips and advice on how to lean a bit more into the winter months and, you know, just make it a little bit more comfortable for yourselves so you're not just counting down the days till spring. So the first and most important thing that I think is what I just discussed about changing the narrative around it and recognising that we don't always have to be working at full capacity throughout the whole of the year and sometimes we do go into more of a hibernation mode. For me, it has done me a world of good to lessen my expectations of myself and therefore relinquishing some of the guilt that I feel around it. Okay, so the first piece of advice that I wanted to give was create a cosy home for yourself in which you can nest. Because going back to this idea of passing the time in more comfort, obviously you're spending a lot more time indoors and I think that if you create a lovely home in which you feel cosy and you actually want to spend time in, then you are passing the time in more comfort. So the way that I do this is I buy lots of different ambient lights and lots of things to make the room cosy. So I've got 
two sets of fairy lights and I've got nature decorations and loads of cosy different quilts and it makes me want to spend time in my house because I've created this like cosy nest for myself. Going back to this whole idea of reconnecting to nature and realising that we are nature as well. When animals hibernate, they create the most lovely cosy nest for themselves and therefore as humans we need to create a cosy nest for ourselves to nest in the winter and pass the time in comfort and ease. Okay, so now you've got this comfortable place in which you can nest in throughout the winter. My next piece of advice would be to take up crafty activities during this time. So Catherine May mentions this in the book, but winter is definitely a time to be doing things like knitting and crocheting and baking and those kinds of things. And the reason why is it is a a comfortable way to pass the time. And these activities make you feel happy, they make you feel calm, they're fulfilling, they make you feel nourished. And one of the things I'll say as well is, and this is just my personal experience, I've spent a lot of my life zombieing in front of the TV. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love watching TV. But I think maybe it got to the point where I loved watching TV too much. And I'm talking like hours and hours and hours. I would come home from work, first thing I would do is switch the TV on. And then I would just, I'd be sat at a desk all day and then on, excuse me, watching a computer and then I would come home and then I would watch like five hours of TV in the night and I actually think that it just made me a lot more depressed because it just wasn't you know like I said before it wasn't making me feel that happy or calm or nourished what I will say is you just got to find a balance haven't you like I tried to say to myself you know you can have a couple of hours of TV a day sometimes more than that um but then also making the effort to do activities that, you know, are making me feel fulfilled and making me feel nourished. And since I've been making the effort to have a bit more of a balance, it does just make me happier. And what I'll say as well is, and this may may be just like a niche thing, but if you feel like you're not good enough for some reason to do crafty activities, like you just feel like you've not got the skills Anytime you take up a new hobby or like a new crafty activity, you are going to be starting from the bottom and I'll be really honest, like you're probably not going to be that good at it, but just know that everybody starts from the bottom and it is literally just like building skills and anybody can do it, you just have to keep practising at it. Trust me, it is possible because I felt so down on myself for so long, like, you know, I'm just not able to do any of these, like, crafty activities, like crocheting or knitting or whatever it is, and now I'm a master crocheter, and I'm making a blanket, and it is beautiful, so just know that you can do it, it just takes practice, and just takes a bit of time, but also, you feel so good about yourself when you've gotten to the point where, you know, you can make, like, a hat or you could make gloves or whatever it is. So stick with it, it is worth it and it is really fulfilling. So the next thing that I did to help myself cope with the winter a little bit better is I spent a lot more time in nature last winter and I genuinely believe this contributed to this noticeable difference in my happiness. Um, What I'll say is 
don't get me wrong, it is difficult to spend more time in nature in the winter because it's darker for longer, so there's not as much opportunity to get out there. But I think it's just so worth it to get out there when it is possible. So I would sometimes try and go out on my lunch break, even if it was just a half an hour walk. Or on a weekend, I would go for a hike with my friends. And what I found actually is, and this might be really annoying me saying this, but I actually prefer going out in nature in winter sometimes because, you know, when you're on a hike and like you're really hot and sweaty and it's quite difficult in the summer months, you know, because it is really hot and sweaty. Whereas like in the winter, the air is so crispy and cold and it keeps you nice and cool. So what I found was me and my flatmate went for a hike in the winter and it was like freezing cold and the snow was so beautiful. I enjoyed that walk so much. I honestly think that was my favourite memory of 2022. And then we went for a hike in the summer, in the height of the summer. It was like 25 degrees, the sun was shining and don't get me wrong, we had lots of fun and the Lake District was beautiful but I actually found that hike so much more difficult and honestly by the end of the hike I was so hot uh, I just I literally couldn't speak to my friend you know if you hate the wind and you hate the rain then if there's a cold crispy day in winter just go outside for a walk or you know go for a hike or whatever and you'd be surprised by how happy it makes you and how beautiful it is because I actually look forward to the frost now because I find the frost magical. I love how it like glistens and it's just so pretty. Also, as we know, spending time in nature has an enormous amount of benefits, but one particular benefit for the winter is that it helps with your circadian rhythms, which in turn helps you sleep better. So if you don't know what circadian rhythms are, I'll give you a little definition. So this is the National Institute of Medical Science and they say circadian rhythms are physical, mental and behavioural changes that follow a 24-hour cycle. These natural processes respond primarily to light and dark and affect most living things including animals, plants and and microbes. Chronobiological is the study of circadian rhythms. One example of light-related circadian rhythms is sleeping at night and being awake during the day. So basically, when sunlight goes into your eyes, it is telling your body that it's time to be awake, it's time to be alert, and it's telling your body to function as if it's daytime. Whereas, you know, before we had artificial light and things, when it was dark, our bodies weren't processing and taking in that light, and therefore our bodies would be told that it is time to go to sleep and go and rest. Now, I find this so fascinating and actually quite sad that the fact that we have so much artificial light exposure is causing misalignment with our circadian rhythms. And actually, that makes so much sense. So no wonder so many people are having issues with sleep because we've just got so many artificial lights everywhere. And actually going back to wintering by Catherine May. I can't remember the exact quote, but essentially she says that we're harassed by artificial light in the modern world and it's not good for us. And actually I'm having like such a light bulb moment where I've realised why I like candles and ambient lights so much because artificial light just makes you feel so unrelaxed in the evenings when 
you want to like chill and kind of wind down for the night and currently I'm living with my dad so I don't have control over this but when I have my own place I'm definitely going to only have really like calm lights on in the evening like candles and really dim ambient lighting because I've realised that so say I'll be like relaxing in my room and it'll be like just before bedtime and in my room I've got very dim lights on you know I'll, I'll just have like a couple of candles and then I'll go to the bathroom because I want to brush my teeth and then the artificial lights will wake me up when I go to the toilet so yeah that is something that I'm going to make a change of when I can. One of the other major benefits of spending time in nature in the winter is it increases your vitamin D intake. I know it's a really obvious thing to say but it's always worth mentioning so I've definitely been a victim to seasonal affective disorder before. I get really depressed in the winter because of lack of sunlight but I noticed a huge difference in like my mood and you know just my general overall well-being when I was spending more time in nature in the winter because I was getting more vitamin D and I know that some people do recommend actually taking vitamin D supplements so maybe that's something worth thinking about as well I've actually not started taking them yet and I probably should have so that is something that I'm going to get on today now the next thing that I wanted to touch upon is getting up in the morning waking up in the dark and the struggle with it because I have definitely throughout my adult life struggled in the winter and to be fair at school getting up in the dark it just doesn't feel natural at all and I honestly think that as a society we should be changing the hours that we work in winter because I don't think it's normal and natural for us to be waking up basically in the middle of the night but if you have to because of work like I will have to when I start this new job then let's try and make that transition as easy and comfortable as possible so one thing that is talked about non-stop in like the wellness industry in the past few years for the winter time is lumi lights now you've probably already heard of them but you know it's always worth mentioning so a lumi light is basically an alarm clock that mimics the sunrise so instead of being woken up by a harsh alarm tone in the pitch black the alarm clock um, mimics the sunrise so it wakes you up gently and i know there are a few different alarm clocks that like you can get ones that have the radio on or they have like gentle nature sounds but I think to make the winter a little bit easier for yourself when you're getting up on those dark mornings it will be so worth investing in a lumi light I've seen some on Amazon for pretty cheap like 30 pounds which 30 pounds obviously is kind of a lot of money but also I do think that the value that you're getting out of it is so worth the money now the next thing that I wanted to mention was marking the winter solstice so if you don't know what the winter solstice is it is the shortest day of the year and then once we have the shortest day of the year after that the days become longer again now i never really understood the importance of marking the winter solstice till i read catherine may's book wintering now i'm going to go a little bit deeper into catherine may's experience of when she first marked the winter solstice so i'm not really sure what point in her life but Catherine and her family and her friends 
once decided to go to Stonehenge to mark the winter solstice so she could watch the sunrise on the shortest day of the year. Now, I'm going to need a quote that summarises a little bit how she somewhat felt before going into this experience. So, there's a standard take on moments like this. Good old English eccentrics, a bit daft and embarrassing, but harmless really. We're not keen as a nation on expressions of mass exuberation unless it's related to football. We're suspicious of the donning robes, of the desire towards ritual. We like our belief tempered with an apologetic quality, a signal of humility. Sermons must borrow us, prayers must be muttered, singing must be undertaken as a grim obligation, mumbled in the quietest possible voice by people seek by people maintaining strict personal boundaries. The seeking of ecstasy doesn't even come to it. Now I can really understand this and relate to this because I think as a British person I have this thing inside me where embarrassment has once ruled my life and it is embarrassing or it is cringy to try and find a deeper meaning in the world and having things like rituals and showing that you care and being expressive is basically seen as embarrassing but now since I've been going on this spiritual journey in the past couple of years I've realised that you know being quite spiritual and wanting to find this like deeper sense of connection with life and the meaning of life I actually feel so much happier for it and it's so much more comforting and now I love expressing the joy I get from having that deeper sense of connection and enjoying things like ceremonies and rituals you know Catherine May also says in the book more and more I find that I'm drawn to moments like this an uplift in the monotonous progress of the year and a way to mark the movement to the next phase but that desire also makes me squirm as so it's some kind of perversion that I'm shy to admit in public rituals have always seemed a tiny bit daft to me to need this one to want this to want it sits uneasily so I completely understand that admitting that actually you feel like you want and need ceremonies and rituals is a little bit embarrassing but I love it when she says you know more and more I am finding myself drawn to moments like this it's uh like it's an uplift in the monotonous progress of the year and it's a way to mark the movement to the next phase because I feel like a lot of the time throughout the winter I'll have conversations with people and all it is is just one big long complaint about how horrible the winter is and actually to have just a moment just to mark okay well you know we're somewhat through the winter now and now we're looking towards the spring and a brighter future is something that we could all do with really instead of you know like I said just having this one big long moaning complaint about how horrible the winter is for like however long it is three four months don't get me wrong I don't blame people for just wanting to moan all winter because it is difficult but I think this book has offered me a different way of seeing things and I think so many people would benefit from it she says it really nicely when she says it expresses a craving that many of us will recognize and I think that is so true now I'm going to read you one last quote from that chapter because I just think this is a lovely way of summarizing why maybe some people should mark the winter winter solstice because it gives us that comfort and that fulfillment that a lot of us are looking for rituals are the doorways of the psyche between the sacred and the profane between purity dirt beauty and ugliness and an opening of the ordinary into the extraordinary writes jay griffiths for my own part 
They open up a space in which to host thoughts that I would otherwise find silly or ridiculous, that voiceless awe at the passing of time, the way everything changes, the way everything stays the same, the way those things are bigger than I am and the more that I can hold. More than any other season, winter requires a kind of metronome that ticks away its darkest beats, giving us a melody to follow into the spring. The year will move on either way, but by paying attention to it, feeling its beat and noticing the moments of transition, perhaps even taking time to think about what we want from the next phase in the year, we can get the measure of it. If we resist the instinct to endure those darkest moments alone, we might even make the opportunity to share the burden and to let the light in. Now let's unpick that a little bit and talk about why I love that passage so much. So the first thing that I love is when she says that voiceless awe of passing time. And I do think that it's so nice to take a moment and just be in awe of this crazy human experience that we're going through and like how magical and mind-blowing the passage of time is. And then she goes on to say, the way those things are bigger than I am and more than I can hold. And I love this bit because she expresses this this feeling that I have of sometimes in day-to-day life, I become very entrenched uh, in like my own like day-to-day worries and I forget to just take a moment, step back and look at the bigger picture of life and how in some ways basically nothing matters and you think that you're in control of everything because your mind is always whirring around with thoughts about how you're controlling your day-to-day life but actually none of us really have that much control and sometimes it's nice to just take a moment recognize that and surrender to the flow of the universe and just not worry so much going into the second bit of that passage where she says more than any other seasons winter requires a kind of metronome that ticks away its darkest beats giving us a melody to follow into the spring. I do think that, you know, because a lot of people struggle with winter, it is just good to have something that marks that passage of time and, okay, now we're halfway through and you kind of have something to look forward to when you recognise your progress and where you are in something and just sort of recognising how far you've got left. And then the last part of the passage when she says, if we resist the instinct to endure those darkest moments alone, we might even make the opportunity to share the burden and let the light in. Recently, I've been learning and realising so much about how it is so much better to go through um, a darker time with somebody and with support and community because it just makes it so much easier. It lessens the burden I do think that when you feel understood and like you're having a shared experience, the burden just feels lighter, even if you can't necessarily do something about it. I hope that made sense. They were just kind of my rambling thoughts about that passage in the book. But, you know, like I've said before, I highly recommend that you buy this book because it has so much wisdom and it's so beautifully written as well. It is a lovely story and I want to learn more about Catherine May. She seems like a really interesting person. Okay, so the next thing that I wanted to speak about was Christmas expectations and I don't like talking about Christmas this early because when this podcast episode comes out it'll only be November. However, for the purpose of this episode and the advice and experiences that I want to share, I think it is definitely worth talking about now. So what I found is increasingly as I've grown up and become an adult, I have experienced quite a lot of stress in the run-up towards Christmas because of the social expectations and the financial pressures, especially if 
you've got a big family and you know there's a lot of people to see at Christmas and there's a lot of presents to buy that's been my experience anyway because I have a really big family it got to the point a few years ago where me and my older sister so my older sister's a year older than me if you didn't know and we're really close and we go we like share a lot of the same experiences and we go through a lot of the same experiences together so me and my sister we on the build up to Christmas would always feel so stressed and like we couldn't enjoy ourselves because we'd feel really burnt out from all of the social expectations and don't get me wrong I do enjoy like Christmas parties and seeing people but it's just the sheer volume of them and as an introvert you know I've spoken about this before I just find it so overwhelming and then by the time it gets to January I am completely burnt out and I need to literally not speak to anybody for like the full month because I'm just so exhausted from all the socialising. There was this other huge stressful factor as well, the financial pressure, because I have a lot of family, I would have to spend loads of money and buy everybody really good presents because I just felt maybe this like what I would call societal pressure to get everybody really good presents and honestly this would this stress would start in September and when I was younger as well when I was like 21 I did not have a well-paid job I worked at a school I was a teaching assistant and I was notoriously really low paid so I would have to start saving up in September to buy Christmas presents for everybody and then there was like all the secret Santas and so I would spend loads of money at Christmas on all these social events and all of these presents and then in January I would be so broke and I would find it so stressful and also if I'm being completely honest I've realised something about myself and I I think I realised this a while ago that I don't show love by spending loads of money on people and giving them gifts I show my love through I suppose different things like giving people my time and attention and love and affection and care so a few years ago me and my sister just said to our family look we're getting really stressed out about having to spend so much money at Christmas and you know what a lot of other people in our family and I know so many other people have complained about this about how Christmas is just so expensive so we just said look we're doing a secret Santa for everybody in the family so we can massively reduce the amount of money that we spend and so for the past three years I think yeah the past three years we've been doing the secret Santa where we just put a limit say it was like 30 pounds for each person and wow I cannot tell you how much that has relieved the stress of Christmas I highly advise doing it and what I found was I probably say about half my family were really resistant to this at first because it seemed very strange very alien thing to do but actually over the years that we've been doing the secret Santa a lot of people have said to me I'm so glad that you've done that because you have relieved so much of the financial stress of Christmas now don't get me wrong a lot of people were quite resistant to this at first but seriously just push your family and they will actually be so grateful in the long term for you suggesting this idea and pushing it pushing it on them a little bit Okay, so the second part of the social expectations and pressures, I have massively reduced the amount of socialising that I have expected of myself during that time because what I've realised 
is that I would much rather have quality over quantity. So I go to fewer Christmas events, but then the ones that I go to, I really enjoy. And this has made me so much happier. So take last year, for example, I didn't go to as many Christmas events with like work and my friends. And then when I actually went home for Christmas, because I wasn't living near home at that time, I only went home for a few days because I just found that when I was going home for, say, like a week or so, it was really burning me out because, if I'm being completely honest, I love my family, but they're very intense and socialising with them for long periods of time when it's everybody, you know, all in one room is quite stressful and it's quite overwhelming. You know, also, me and my sister have said to each other that this is supposed to be a lovely time of year and we're going to make it so we can enjoy ourselves. And don't get me wrong, people do get the feeling slightly hurt when you're not doing everything that they want you to do, you know, attending these social events and buying all these extravagant presents. But actually, I'm not in the business of people pleasing anymore. And if somebody really loves and cares for me, then they'll understand that sometimes you do have to put yourself first so you're not sacrificing you know your mental health and I have mentioned this in the podcast before in one of my episodes but last year all of my friends went on a new year's eve holiday and it was just a little bit too much for me in terms of like social um expectations and financial expectations etc however when I told them that I wasn't going they said of course we'll miss you and we wish that you were there but we completely understand and you know they just said I hope you have a really nice time relaxing and doing whatever you're doing instead and that's the kind of friends that you want to surround yourself with that are understanding. Okay I feel like I went in a bit of a rant there but I feel very passionately about what I've just spoken about because I just spent so long feel I spent so many years feeling so stressed over Christmas and I think that everybody should at least be able to enjoy it a little bit and not feel so burdened with the financial and the social pressures. Okay so the next thing that I wanted to speak about is January. Now I know that everybody hates January because it's just like cold and dark and depressing and Christmas is over and you're on such a big high at Christmas and New Year's and then it feels like a big plummet happens when it comes to January and then I feel like a lot of people want to punish themselves for the sins quote-unquote sins that they have committed over Christmas like drinking excessively and eating excessively so then a lot of people push these ridiculously high standard new year's resolutions on themselves and everybody needs to make their own choices with things like that i'm not judging people for making new year's resolutions because i've definitely made them myself before but i think i've gotten to the point in my life where i don't really believe in new year's resolutions because i just think that you can make a change any time in the year and you don't need a new year to mark it really although actually contradicting to that statement each to their own and if you like to use the new year to mark a new year's resolution to give you a bit of motivation to start fresh and create a new habit then that's totally fair enough everybody's different but I just personally don't vibe with new year's resolutions because I think there's so much pressure and expectation and a lot of them 
I just really have a high standard. Now, like I was saying before as well, winter is a time for rest and relaxation and lowering your expectations of yourself and January is still the dead of winter. So for me, I'm not going to all of a sudden just expect because it's a new year that I'm going to be able to go into working myself to full capacity. I still believe that January should be a time of focusing still on that more hibernation mode, should we call it. Okay, so talking about January, I have become one of those annoying people that actually likes January and February because for me, like I was saying, it's still that time where I can like relax and rest and hibernate a little bit more and there's not so much pressure on that time of year to do anything. This is for me personally, like I said, because I don't know, I feel like adult life is quite busy and there's always so much going on and life goes so quickly, whereas like January and February go a bit slower and they're a bit quieter. And I love that because I don't, it's nice to just have a time when you don't feel like you're rushing through life as much. So what I'll say is, if you do struggle with January and just how like dark and depressing it is, try and find some joy in these months. And I know that's really easy for me to say, but what I'm what I mean is don't punish yourself for, you know, eating loads at Christmas and drinking loads of alcohol at Christmas. I still think in January, just try and carve out some time to do things that bring you joy. So for example, and this is just a thought that I had last night. I think I'm going to try and do some like pottery painting because I think it sounds really fun and it will just brighten up your January a little bit and make it seem less depressing. Now if you took my advice about doing the secret Santa you will have more money in January and you can spend that money on doing things that you enjoy instead of just like staying in and punishing yourself and waiting until that time is over. You know, there's so many different indoor activities you can do, like pottery painting or going to the cinema, doing like crafty activities. And to be fair, you don't need to spend a lot of money. I know that you can get crafty stuff online for very cheap, or you can go to that hobby craft. You can get big bags of clay for literally like £5 and get some paints and just like get your friends around, have some like snacks and yeah, just get crafty and have fun. Okay, so I feel like that is everything that I wanted to talk about in terms of the changes of seasons and the tips and advice that I wanted to share. Now, I put out an Instagram sticker asking the listeners if anybody else has advice about how to cope with the change of the seasons. My first response was, Catherine May's book, Wintering, changed my life when it comes to winter. (laughs) Yeah, literally what this whole episode was about. Couldn't recommend buying that book enough. Great minds think alike. Now my next response is candles, cozy clothes and warm chocolate. Couldn't agree more. You know, like I was saying, you want to pass the time in the most comfortable way possible. So get your best candles on, buy yourself some really nice jumpers and fluffy pyjamas and drink loads of hot chocolates. My sister has started working in a cafe and I go in all the time and I get hot chocolate, go for a walk and it is one of the best rituals ever. My next response is, 
buying beeswax candles they are the most clean of candles and purifies the air that is really good advice actually because i have heard that buying cheap cheaper candles are not that great for you so i will definitely be buying some beeswax candles to help purify the air okay so that is it for responses i think i'm gonna end the episode there but thank you so much for listening and if you've taken on any of my tips and advice and they have worked then you know let me know message me or if you just have any feedback in general I love to hear it I love talking to people about the podcast and hearing your ideas and it helps me grow and learn as a person as well okay so I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and I hope to see you back next time thank you so much for listening i'm new to this world of podcasting generally putting myself out there on social media so if you have any comments feedback or questions please contact me on my socials instagram and tiktok so my handle is egiovanna underscore that's e-v-e-g-i-o-v-a-n-a underscore and if you found value or enjoyed this episode i would be grateful if you shared this with a friend or left a review